to the Boxing Rad Podcast. Leave your kid gloves at home. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion that's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can Right now, everyone's a, everyone's a coronavirus expert, aren't they? I mean, I find myself having conversations about it. Yeah, I reckon this is going to happen and this is going to... It's exciting to me from a business point of view. In life, it's fucking not exciting. It's, it's worrying. So you've got to roll up your sleeves, you've got to work a little bit harder, you've got to be positive, and you've got to go on the attack on the front foot. Because if you don't, you're going to get beaten up, swallowed up, and spat out. <laughs> some some sage wisdom from Sir Edward of Hearn. The old dirt merchant himself, huh? <laughs> oh, what you, the hell is he talking about? I don't know if anybody should be asking boxing promoters for their, you know, uh, you know, their diatribe on on the state of the uh of of the pandemic, do you? No, I don't think so. I mean, let's let's be honest. You you took Corona on, on the front foot for a few years. I did, I did. Many a twelve pack a day, sometimes eighteen, depending on the occasion. But this occasion is Corona free. Yes, it is, sir. Um, as uh, we join you here for episode two hundred and sixty six of the Boxing Rant podcast, the fights are off. But uh, oh no, no, what are we gonna do? Well, the show must go on. Um, we figured all of you out there that have stuck with us, um, you know, that have been tried and true uh, listeners of the Boxing Rant podcast could, um, you know, suffer through uh, the uh, Vin and Ken comedy hour um, as, as we bring you our, our shtick and, you know, we'll get up and do some dances and we'll sing some songs and tell some jokes. We're, uh, we're a happening duo. Yeah, we are, buddy. Yeah, showbiz. This is this is how it goes, right? That's right. When you do make, the dance. Yep. Yeah, do when you make it to the big time. Yeah. You, you must feed the masses. Yeah, the big time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, hey, look, man. There's there's not there's no sports content, original content going on right now. So the masses are frothing for the boxing rant. Then little Bob Bennett. <laughs> Bob will be appearing today <laughs> on the boxing rant. <laughs> My sack will always be my sack. <laughs> what did uh, Ashley, what's his name, say from uh, Eastbound and Down? My plums. I can feel it down in my plums. I got a nice bluish hue. Sun dancing off them just right. Ready for market. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. All the children lining up to put them in their sack lunches. Say, hey, those nice plums there. Was you trading for my Twinkie? No, these is my plums. <laughs> oh, man. I want to bite into the plum and watch the juices just come down my face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Here we go, folks. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Um, yeah, you know, we got a little bit of boxing to talk about, but we'll just go where wherever the show takes us and, um, you know, try to have some fun here uh, on the Boxing Rant podcast. Um, so we appreciate all of you tuning in. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the show, you can get it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, CastBox. Um, and if you're watching the show on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel, we appreciate it. If you haven't seen the video version of the podcast, subscribe to the channel today um, and follow us on Twitter at VinceCummings81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. All right, Vin, let's get down to it. I just want to put this out there, all right? We are not experts on the situation. Um, we are not going. There's been a, a bit of a rash, um, and not to you know try to be clever with words here, of um, 
boxers like more so than than I would say uh, you know others working in the industry that are sending out some pretty I wouldn't call it sound advice on how to handle the situation and and how to behave as uh, as the masses go on runs from everything for toilet paper to um, to to diapers. Hey, AB still partying, baby. AB is still partying. You know, dude, I've seen some ridiculous things. You know, the bottom line is, man, none of us are experts. Nope. We don't claim to be experts, so we're not going to tell you what to do. You got to do what's best for you and your family. Um, and in the meantime, Vince and I, you can't see it here, but there's actually a piece of plexiglass that comes down the middle <laughs> to keep us from uh, swapping spit. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I cannot say that the plexiglass goes under the table, so I don't know what's going on down there. But we know what happens when uh, when Andre Ward and Max Kellerman sit across from each other at the table. Oh, Jesus there's there's meat swinging. ESPN didn't extend the a shield lot of, to a lot the of floor. Rule on the floor by the time that's over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> but look, so as of right now, some events have been canceled. Um, the NSAC came out. Bob Bennett, I'm announcing that boxing will be suspended until March 25th. There, henceforth, for March 25th, it will be suspended until April 25th. I mean, it's like there's no, like, okay, Bob, why did you choose March 25th? Well, that's my favorite day of March. <laughs> I love the 25th of March. Mark McGuire was my favorite baseball player. <laughs> Lucky 25. I mean, it's like so arbitrary. Okay, and then you'll have a meeting on the 26th, and then... I think there's a UFC event that falls in late March that he's trying to keep on the calendar. Ah, everybody trying to get paid. Yeah. I mean, dude, Dana White has been, like, completely defiant, um, and like, oh, no, we're going to have events. We're going to find a place to have a fucking hey, event. Eddie, Eddie's the same way right now. Dude, you know what? Then get... When you're slanging snake oil, boy, you ain't worried about no coronavirus, son. No. I got a great option for him, right? So I was living in in the Tampa, Florida area back in like 2005, 2006, right? And I lived right on the Gulf of Mexico in a place called Madeira Beach, Florida. Um, You know, landmark-wise, if you guys are curious where that's at, it's kind of in between St. Pete Beach and Clearwater, Mm -hmm. okay, west coast of Florida. And there was a place called, at this inlet, called John's Pass, right? And there's a bunch of bars there or whatever. Well, docked in that, in that pass, in that inlet, there was this fancy-ass catamaran. And, dude, he used to take us out into the middle of the Gulf of Mexico into international waters. And there was this old, retired, like, World War II. I, don't, I, I probably said this on the show before. This old, retired, like, World War II medical ship. Right, it's like seven stories tall. It's like four hundred feet long, and they had retrofitted this entire thing and turned each deck into like a different gambling floor. Right, dude, take get one of the. I know the Russian mob owns, and I don't know if you want to do business with those folks <laughs> right. or not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I guarantee you the the power players that be in the sport of boxing have connections to those motherfuckers, anyways. <laughs> right. They're probably investors in in some of the companies. Right, put a boxing ring on the roof of the deck. They've already had an NCAA basketball game on the deck of an aircraft carrier. And then a Russian billionaire that funds the zone, anyways. Ukrainian, Ukrainian. Sorry, but then again, the Russians are trying to take over Ukraine totally. Right. Um. You know. So, anyways, look. I think that there's ways that they can do this if they're really desperate to do it. Bob Arum has talked about having fights in a studio setting. What say you, Ben? Uh. Yeah. I'm not interested in all that. I mean, if if you're trying to do shit like that, you're trying too hard. I mean. If it's a big fight, there needs to be the atmosphere surrounding the fucking fight. 
I don't want to hear feet hitting the mat and, and just utter silence outside of what's happening in the ring. And first of all, first and foremost, who's going to be on the fucking mute button for all the fucks and all that shit that's flying around yeah. during the fight? Because we, you know that, like they were talking about playing NBA games in empty arenas. I'm like, uh, is that going to be on mute? Because uh, if you've ever sat close to the floor yeah. in an NBA game, uh, in any game really, you know, you can't have that shit coming across the airwaves. No. No. I mean, dude, could you imagine like... Dude, you'd be able to hear the trainers yelling at the fighters and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it'd be great for us. Look, they had Showbox on the other night with, I don't know, they said essential personnel only in, in the crowd. You couldn't hear much but what was going on in the ring, and it just doesn't it doesn't feel right. So fuck it. Just wait, man. There's no rush. Everybody be fine. It's a few months without sports. We'll be all right. Yeah, you got us. Yeah, we're here to fucking entertain for days. Exactly. And you'll probably be like, guys, you're trying too hard. Well, fuck you. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. Look at this. All this fancy stuff we got set up here. Yeah, come on, man. You know, it's like playing house this as a is kid. This is fucking Hollywood, right? In the basement of some, the outskirts of D.C., buddy. Yeah, it is. Um, it's amazing. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, until uh, until further notice, um, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, dude, there, there's a bunch of fights that are, that are scheduled out f- far enough, but the bottom line is, if you want to understand what's really going on with all of this, don't fucking... Follow your favorite fighter's advice, okay? No. Don't do what Devin Haney's telling you to do, okay? Don't 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 do what, you know, you know, don't just feel the way that Joe Rogan feels about it because, you know, of the tribe, the mob mentality or whatever. Go to the fucking cdc.gov and just follow their instructions, it okay? Ain't that, it ain't that hard. No, it's not that hard. Just do that. Don't okay? be a dickhead basically. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this isn't, man, it's, but it's not that big of a deal, bro. Oh, my God, the world's coming to an end. So which is it? <laughs> Honestly, like, which is it? You know, just follow the damn guidelines from the government, all yep. right? Yep. Don't make out with strangers, you know what I mean? Don't pee on anybody at the bar, you know what I mean? Here's my biggest issue right now is I'm going to work tomorrow. So if you're going to tell me, like, hey, don't do this, don't do that, but be at work at time on time Monday, would you, please? What the fuck is that? Yeah. What what is that? So then, what do I do? Yeah. Like like so, you were telling me that you were working the other day in a in like a homeless facility. Yeah. Oh my god. So what do you do if one of those? Of, Let me uh, just tell a quick story about this. Oh, go ahead. I mean, because you know we have all the time in the world. So I'm working at this homeless facility, right? And I'm fixing the entrance way to the place. There's handicap push button door entry. You're an electrician. Yeah. Okay. So I'm working on that, and it, it, it's I'm working with the door guy. I'm up on a ladder checking shit, checking the wiring in the ceiling. And the next thing I know, there's this fucking commotion in the lobby. This big black dude slams the fucking shit out of this little scrawny, dirty ass looking fucking just mangy white dude. <laughs> and all I hear is, I told you not to touch me, motherfucker. Don't touch me. I'm like, oh shit. So I get down off the ladder and pictures falling off the wall. And next thing you know, it's all it's over. The dude, the white dude, got slammed twice. So I kind of go into the lobby afterwards to kind of like see what like what the aftermath is. And as soon as I open the door, I'm like, man, it smells like shit in here. Sure enough, that fucking big black dude slammed that little mangy white boy so hard he shit himself, and it smelled like absolute fuck. It's like. This guy's homeless. What did he possibly eat that could be? I mean, just what you eating out of a fucking trash can, dude? You in that facility? They get full, like they got everything, full meals and all that. 
I have never, ever in my – I mean, I've had some stanky shits. I have never <laughs> smelled something like that in my life, dude. It was fucking hilarious. So how do you <laughs> – they let you leave? They didn't quarantine you in there with the feces? No. The cops, like six cops roll up right away. Oh. They take the dude down in the basement. And I'm like, at this point, I'm just intrigued. So I walk down there to see what's going on. And these cops are standing outside the bathroom, and you hear this dude in there. I guess they're like, just clean your shit up, and we're getting out of here. So he's in there, and he's like, <laughs> like the cops are out there like, Oh, my God, I hate my fucking job. What is going on here? So I go back upstairs. I get back on my ladder, start doing my shit. And like two minutes later, I'm up in the ceiling. I can't see nothing. I'm not blocking the door. But the cops come up with this white guy in front, and they're taking him out of the building. Next thing I know, this white guy's like, hey, motherfucker, get down. Get out of my way. I'm like, excuse me, what? <laughs> what, sir? So I step down off the ladder, and, the, and he comes through. He's like, got your attention, didn't I? I'm like, all right, hold on here. The cop's like, hey, man, shut your fucking mouth. Like, shut up and get out. <laughs> and the cop's like, sorry, man, this dude's fucked up. Just don't don't worry about it. Obviously, I'm not going to do do anything, but my first thought was, boy, I will fucking drop an elbow on you off this ladder like a motherfucker, son. <laughs> I will Shawn Michaels your ass I don't want to make you shit yourself again, boy. <laughs> Didn't you just wipe your ass? Right. <laughs> oh, oh, man. And look, and so that is just a microcosm of probably what's happening happening in every major city in the United States as people are trying to be like, okay, do I go to work or not, right? Right. Good luck spreading the coronavirus as everybody's swimming in shit in the underbelly of the United States. In this case, <laughs> in this case in your nation's capital, folks. Oh, it was fucking hilarious, dude. Your taxpayer money <laughs> spent to wipe butts. <laughs> There's plenty of wet wipes in that joint. I know that. So did you purell yourself before you left? Dude, I, every, I've been to that place multiple times. Every time I leave, I'm like having an anxiety attack that I'm getting sick. Yeah, dude, I would be like, I'd find somebody that works there and be like, hey, hey, I'd strip down butt naked and just walk up and be like, you going to toss some talcum powder on me or what? Right. You know, like that scene in uh, uh, when Andy Dufresne goes to jail for the first time and yeah. they tell him to strip down and they fucking hose him down and then throw the powder on him. Oh, hey, take me downstairs and hose me off like they did in Rambo 1 when they clean him up. <laughs> Oh, man, that is awesome. <laughs> oh, what a story. I love it. That's the way you kick it off right there. You there. Go. That's all boxing all the time, right? It is. It is. Okay, so let's jump back to boxing real quick, right? <laughs> good segue. I, I mean, I don't have any great stories. Um, you know, other. Oh, I do have a pretty good story. Eh, not nearly as good as a homeless guy shitting himself. So during the, the pandemic craze, um, I've been pretty nonchalant about – um, you know, going to the store and getting what I need for my family or whatever. Right. So on Saturday morning, I was like, well, the grocery store opens up at six, right? So I'm going to get up as early as I can and, you know, get, get there. And so I walk into the grocery store and I work my way around the back. So I don't even go anywhere near any of the registers at first. And as I'm walking around the back, I'm like, oh, they actually have some stuff on the shelves here. So I come around to the section where there's like toilet paper, all that shit's gone. All the cleaning supplies are gone. But as far as like food on the shelves and stuff, there's still food on the shelves. Right. So I, f I load up my cart real quick, and I come back around to, like, the medicine aisle, which is, like, a, you know, a pretty close point to the uh, cash registers at the Wegmans. And, I, you know, I grabbed some, some children's Tylenol or whatever for my boys, and the line started right there. Dude, I was literally – there's probably 25, 30 people 
that were in line in front of me. And this crazed lady, she's like bouncing, like she doesn't know where to go. And there's lines, like you got to like make a gap in between the aisles so people can get by while you're waiting in line. Right. Right. And I'm standing in the tampon aisle, okay? (laughs) Of all aisles I jump into or whatever. And this crazed woman comes through and she is clearly having a panic attack, right? And she's like, what line is this? Is this a, is this a, uh, you have a full cart. Is this, is this the 20 items or less line? Is this a self-checkout line? And I just looked at her and I was like, I don't know what fucking line this is. There's 30 people in front of me. I go wherever this line takes me. This is the line to Space Mountain, bitch. Get in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck, man. You're not tall enough to ride. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Uh, I was like, what are you talking about? Hey, yeah, um, excuse me. Can you, uh, uh, I know this is like craziness going on and people are trying to cut in line. Can you save my spot while I walk up front and ask them which line I'm in? <laughs> I mean, dude, I was committed. I was pot committed. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like once I was in line, I was in line and I wasn't going anywhere. Right. And, uh, dude, I waited in line for an hour. That's unreal, dude. Yeah. I waited, unreal. In, waited in line for an hour and then, you know, I get closer back to home and I go to the local, you know, grocery store, the smaller grocery store and it was fine. I went to the grocery store this morning. It was fine. Right. I mean, all the fresh meat was taken off the shelves, but I'm thinking to myself, are you going home and, and like eating this right away? Because if you are, then what are you going to eat? Dude, I'm going to tell you. the are you, are you freezing this stuff? Like The biggest thing I take away from all this is I'm now scared that I, I, I look around and I'm like, you know, I don't consider myself to be a very fucking smart person, right? Like <laughs> I'm just a guy making his way through fucking life. Right. This shit happens, and I'm starting to think to myself, am I one of the smart people? And if I am one of the smart people, we're fucked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we are seriously fucked. Oh, when the shit really hits the fan, they're yeah. going to be running to you for help. <laughs> you ain't getting no fucking help, son. <laughs> I saw one of the funniest parodies that somebody made, like a little bit YouTube video or whatever, TikTok, I don't know what it was, but some guy walks up to like a like a Starbucks like coffee counter yeah. and he orders a coffee and he pays with toilet paper squares. <laughs> and so he, he takes the roll and he takes like three squares off and he exactly just like that and, and he hands them to the barista yeah. and the barista looks at him and he counts them and he throws them down and he throws his hands up like that's not enough. This is quilted two ply, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, dude, dude, like that one guy, right? There, there was like some news story that some jackass went out and bought like seventeen thousand. What a dick! Uh, Purell's hand soaps or whatever. Somebody should go kick that dickhead's ass. And now he can't sell them because he was kicked off of all the marketplaces for trying to sell like a a five dollar squeeze bottle. For 80 bucks. Good. I, I hope he's stuck jerking off with that shit for the next 10 years to get oh, rid of it. Oh, dude. <laughs> He'll find out that there's not a bone in there at some, po- <laughs> at some point. <laughs> There'll be no layers of skin to go down. <laughs> it'll get down to it, and it'll just kind of like, it'll be like a, it'll be like, poof. That's a burn right there. <laughs> That's the type of burn you see when, when old Kenny starts talking about Julio Cesar Martinez. That's the burn you feel coming through that TV right there. That is the burn. <laughs> that is the burn. Yeah, but you know what? Look, man, I just think everybody's just got to look out for themselves, you know? And and the best thing to do is is just fucking lay low, man. Chill out. Yeah. You know? Like if you don't if you're if you're so obsessed with sports that you can't do anything else, man, you really need a fucking life. Like I love sports. I I dedicate a lot of time to doing it. But guess what? Since I like since this podcast has started, I've gone from like getting married to having children 
to not watching nearly as much sports and pretty much just watching boxing and football. Like that's all you know, right. and baseball too. Like baseball is like the ultimate filler throughout the summer. But it's not like we were when we were in our twenties and it's like every fucking night we're we're like what what are we betting on tonight? Oh yeah. And going to probably all sports combined, yeah. probably forty events a year. Yeah. So uh, yeah, look, I, I'm not worried about it. I'll be just fucking fine. Yeah, and all of the stockholders of Amazon and Netflix and everybody, all of them will be just fine you too. Know, you know how many old fights that you can go back and watch people i mean there's some great fights go back and and occupy your time with that if you need a fuck if you need to watch a fight that bad go do it what is an old fight that you watched recently well last night i watched bo holyfield one which is i mean i don't care you know i've seen it 10 times it's been a few years since i've seen it i don't care how long it's been since that's that's just an outstanding fucking fight and you know the outcome and everything but i mean you can watch that Go go watch Leonard Duran one. Go watch uh, Pryor Arguello one. Go watch Pereira Morales one. Go watch Gotti Ward. I mean, there's just go Canelo Triple G two. I can name a hundred fucking Castillo fu- Corrales. Yes, just there's there's Bradley Provodnikov. Dude, there's so many good fights. Salito Vargas. Yes. Just run down the Ring Magazine fight of the years. Yeah. Start at the bottom and work your way to the top. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. Um, I haven't dove into that yet. You know, yeah. I'm saving that for when, when I'm when it's full lockdown. <laughs> yeah, when I'm real hungry. You know right. what I mean? When, you know when 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 I'm I'm really really chomping at the bit. Um, I I you know I have a list of fights that um, you know I I, I still want to do a lot of filler like you know from you know people are like can you give us historical perspective on this and that and the other thing like I've seen the big fights from the 60s and 70s you know right. Um, but I haven't like filled in like <clears throat> the entire catalog of some of these fighters that are like really really old. I want to do fill in the blank fights. I want to see the fights that we talk about as like you know. I want to see if the guys if the guys from from when our parents were little kids, you know, what their filler fights look like. I know that doesn't sound interesting to a lot of people, right? But to me, you know, I- I'll watch the big fights over and over again. There, you know, there's a lot of guys' careers that I want to catch up on. Um, <clears throat> I like to, you know, go back and, and reminisce with some of the fucking, just the bloodthirsty ghouls, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Go back and watch some old, um, you know, go through the entire, the entire catalog of, uh, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard, you know, I've got a, the I, big I, four from that era, you know, I've got a, there's, I can't remember who used to sell these DVD compilation DVDs back in the day, but I've got a, I think it's a six or seven disc set. Of every fucking Sugar Ray Leonard, pretty much every fight he had as a pro. I can pop any one of them discs in, and I'll be good to go. Yeah, yeah. So uh, do yourself a favor, and, you know, look, do what Vince said, okay? Um, We're not going to post it on our website. We ain't got time for that shit. (laughs) You got Google, and even if you can't pay your bills during the fucking, during the plague, um, apparently cable companies are going to keep your internet on anyways. Right. Okay? So uh, as long as you got something to connect to the internet with, go pay your Boost Mobile bill, all right? So you can Wi-Fi that bitch. So you can b- Bluetooth it. Bluetoothuses. You know what I'm saying? Um, there was a press conference that just happened this past week. As Oleksandr Usyk arrived, I'm assuming he arrived from the Ukraine, mm-hmm. um, wearing a Sub-Zero mask from Mortal Kombat. That a, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't tell. That's awesome. I couldn't yeah. tell what that was. And then at the weigh-in, he, he kind of... It was kind of eerie, man. Like he, he was doing a little Undertaker bit or something like that. Yeah. And of course, you had War Chisora with his British mask. <laughs> I'm telling you, look, I like Derek Chisora. Well, I said it this week on Twitter. 
the guy's kind of a gimmick fight. Like he's selling a gimmick now. Yeah. Like his, you know, Chisora's towards the end of his career, and I respect the hell out of the dude because shit, the last three or four fights he he's been in have been entertaining as hell, and I appreciate what he brings to the ring. But it's a gimmick. He's become a gimmick fighter. Yeah. Yeah. No, dude, it's it's totally a bit. Um, you know, I, I, you know, kind of jumped in, like barged into your Twitter conversation about, you know, his bit and, you know, he's there to, you know, they're fighting in the UK. He's there to sell some tickets or whatever. Right. He's there to be basically the opponent for Alexander Usyk. And I know there's a lot of people out there. I don't know how many listeners of the show have this feeling or not that are from over there or not, but there are legitimately people out there that think that Chisor is going to dominate this fight. I would, I would suggest to those people to go watch Usyk versus Gassiev. Like, there's not much of a difference between Gassiev and Chisora besides weight. Like, they're both plotting, come forward, wing big shots, and Chisora even bigger, wider shots than Gassiev. It's tailor-made for Usyk to box his way to a dominant victory, if not a, a dominant decision. Get a late stoppage from just the corner being like, yeah, I mean, we don't need to, to take any more punches. We can stay on our feet, but we don't need to get beat up anymore. Yeah, I mean, look, Chisora is going to play his part here. He's going to try to win. I'm not saying that he's not going to, but he's being paid handsomely yes. for, to help build an event. You know what I mean? Because let's be honest, the long game here is not – the long-term investment is not in Derek Chisora. No, and if, and if you're a boxing fan and can't see that, I mean, uh, uh, DAZN's counting on Usyk to be one of their stalwarts here for the next few years. Yeah, yeah, and this is a great way to launch it off. Yes. Um, all right, so uh, let's get to um, our good friend. Adrian Broner. Ooh. Okay, so AB um, didn't let us down at all. You know, I, you know personally, I think it was uh, all because he knew that there's so many of you out there that are having you know, instant, immediate withdrawals. Like this shit's heroin, right? Like fucking boxing disappeared and immediately was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? <laughs> you know, and then and then 24 hours later, the itching starts you right. know, settling in. Well, AB. <laughs> AB's about business. Yes, and he is. <laughs> AB knows what business he is in, right? And it's the clown business. Oh, yeah. And what, what he has done, he's revolutionized being a clown without having to have the makeup. To quote another clown, business is booming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It is booming. Um, and uh, Adrian Broner is about business. As he fell asleep in the middle of traffic, <laughs> pissed drunk. And the police officers approached his vehicle on Friday night and banged on the window as the as the SUV was running in the middle of traffic, and he was snoozing, <laughs> snoozing. So they shook the SUV, startled him, and woke him up. He rolled down the window. They reached in, turned off the SUV, and put it in park. So he <laughs> fell asleep with his foot on the brake. Jesus. I've done that at early morning, hungover, going to work, but... At a stoplight. Without naming any names, um, I'm, I'm sure uh, an old friend of ours won't mind me telling this story as it relates to uh, Adrian Broner before we get back to the you know the second day of his eventful weekend. Um, so we had a buddy of ours that went out one night um, and literally pulled out. He was so drunk, literally pulled out of the parking lot, okay, of the restaurant. He was at an Applebee's, okay, drinking at the bar. This is when they used to over-serve us when we were, like, in our early 20s. Ah, oh, shit. They used to over-serve us when we were 19. That is true. That is true. <laughs> and they were 
running an illegal cocaine operation out of the kitchen right. as well. A lot of things were going down. There. Good times. All you had to do was slip the bartender like a, like thirty bucks, and they would just keep filling up your tall boy with with Budweiser. Come by with come by with a key bump for you. Absolutely, <laughs> cocaine and 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 Bud and, and old Stevie Weisers. Um, so our buddy leaves. Right, I, I, this is not like a long drawn out thing, like DUI thing. I don't know where. Adrian Broner was in relationship to the the place that he was boozing at or whatever. Right. But our buddy gets wasted at Applebee's, literally pulls up out of the shopping center where the Applebee's is at the stoplight, makes a left, okay? It's about 200 feet from where he made a left down to the intersection, okay? And you know it as 355 and and 27, right? (laughs) And he fucking, he fell asleep and just just rolled through the light. (laughs) <laughs> and stopped. I never heard the whole story on that one. And 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 just stopped in the middle of traffic, right? That's and awesome. so the cop comes up to him, and apparently the cop knows who he is, right? Yeah. And so this was like he had an opportunity here. Okay, like, there was an out. Pull it together, just somewhat. Yeah, go park your car over there, kind of thing. Right. And he said, um, "License and registration." And our buddy hands him his medical insurance card. <laughs> Okay, but I think I missed a part of that story. When he came to a stop, no, when he rolled, he hit somebody. That's what it was. Uh, okay. There was somebody stopped at the intersection, and he kept going and rear-ended him out in the traffic. That's what the story was. Jesus. I ruined the punchline there, but you get it. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? So uh, I think all of us probably know somebody that has a story like that. Oh, I, yeah. I know you have a very uh, uh, an off-roading story about a DUI, and, and I have a uh, – a story about uh, getting into an argument with a police officer who tried to give me a field sobriety test on a gravel driveway. Let's just, let's just say we both may have had a, an interaction with a telephone pole in our lives. It's possible. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Actually, you know what? See, see you guys think we we're going to sit here and clown Adrian Brunner. No. This is kind of like a bonding moment for us with Adrian. Yeah. This is why we fuck with AB. Okay, so I got my DUI story for you. Okay, this was my real DUI. The one that I talked about, about the field sobriety test, right. that was in Georgia. I got off of that. Maryland doesn't know that ever happened anyway, so do not uh, tell the uh, Maryland authorities old, about it. Old Jag Ken came into play there. <laughs> yep, I rep- Built himself a case. I represented myself in court and won. <laughs> Went to trial and defended myself and won. It's so hard for me to picture you doing that. Oh, it was awesome. It was epic. Um, but the real DUI, um, the one that actually got me into some deep doo-doo, uh, so I started working at a restaurant, uh-huh. okay? And uh, I used to work as a chef, and I started working new at this restaurant, and I didn't know anybody. And, of course, this girl who came to be known as The Throat, uh, her nickname was The Throat. <laughs> the throat. Okay. So The Throat comes up to me after shift, and I'm I'm sitting at the bar drinking, and she goes, hey, do you want to go to this party? It's at a, it's at a bar two blocks down the main street of, of of the town that we're from, or the town that we lived in at the time. And uh, I was like, yeah, sure, throat. I'd love to go. <laughs> I, I would love to go to the bar with you because I don't I don't know anybody. I can maybe meet some people. So we get down there, dude, and I'm telling you right now, we were taking shot after shot after shot. And the next thing I know, I'm just like... And you're a beer guy. And I'm a beer guy. I do not drink liquor. I do, well, I don't drink anything anymore. <laughs> and you'll understand after this story why I don't. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I just blacked out, right? Right. And 
I do remember flashes. Like you know how when you're blacked out, oh, sometimes yeah. you can remember little, like like little bits. So for those of you watching on the video, I'm going to explain to you sort of the logistics of this. Okay, so I started here. Okay, at the restaurant I worked at, walked two blocks south to this bar where we drank at. Okay, my car was parked up here at the at the at the restaurant that I worked at. So instead, my house. Okay. My house was literally not that far away. What did I decide to do? Apparently, when I was blacked out, I decided I needed to go back and get my car. <laughs> okay? <laughs> fucking idiot. So I walk back up the street, get in my car, right? I drive straight over the main street and make a left. The police station's right there. Yep. Okay? I know exactly where you're talking about. So I come down the hill. The police station's on my right. There's a cop sitting there on the right-hand side. I drive right past the police station, about 100 feet past the police station. There's an intersection. As I'm driving by the police officer okay, and the police station, I start to veer off the road, jump the sidewalk, crash into a light pole, and knock the light pole into a house. <laughs> Like, I didn't even go out of view of the police officer. You understand that? <laughs> That's fucking terrible. You know what I'm talking about. Exactly yes. what I'm talking And so the cop was sitting in his car, and he just sees this guy, like, <laughs> drive by, jump the curb, hit a light pole, and crash into a house. You got to be fucking kidding me. That was me. That's A.B. Um, so I get out of the car, right? Yeah, that is A.B. <laughs> so I get out of the car, and the police officer is like, get back in your car. And I just walk to him with my hands <laughs> out. <laughs> and so I get in the car, and, you know, that intersection there, it's kind of rough right there, like All Saints and Ice Street, you know what right, I'm talking about? Right. And I'm sitting in the back of the car, and I'm yelling at the police officer, and I'm like, look at that motherfucker. He's probably stealing drugs. They're dealing drugs. <laughs> stealing. Stealing drugs. <laughs> stealing and dealing. You probably did say stealing. <laughs> He's stealing drugs. I didn't do anything wrong. At this point, I completely lost sight of what happened. Right. Didn't remember crashing the car or anything. I just remember walking towards the police officer. Okay? Mildly concussed. Uh, probably. Right? So I wake up in the morning, and I'm laying in a bunk, and my eyes are blurry. And it feels very cold, like sort of a metallic chill. <laughs> okay. Oh, I was not being probed in my anal with a cold uh, <laughs> medical device. That that was a different story. Um, so I lay there, and as my vision comes to me, I realize I'm in jail. Okay. So I look over at the – there's this little, like, like, stainless anchored table next to the bed. And there's a manila folder on there, and it has my name on it. So I swear to you, I – I only, at this point, I don't even remember the flashes that I'm describing to you. Right. Okay? I open up the folder, and there's the police report of what happened. And I read through the police report, and I'm like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. And as I'm reading the police report- like, It's all coming back. All coming back. So apparently, when I got to the police station, I blew a point two six. <laughs> lights out dude lights out so long story short i go to court for this right and i and the attorney that i hired was really good and he kept delaying it and delaying it until we got the proper judge he goes up in front of this judge right and she was a a, a former navy jag officer and i was a former army jag paralegal he gives this story and starts like he's like hey <laughs> we had our pre-brief he goes hey uh tell me a few things about like what you did when you were in Afghanistan when you were in the army he stands up in front of the judge and gives this whole like he lied his ass off and told this epic 
tale of like what I had done for my country, right? <laughs> and I did some good things, but he like made it sound like I was fucking John right. Rambo. This guy not having a purple heart is a fucking travesty. <laughs> exactly. That's what everybody was thinking in the courtroom. So it finally gets back to the uh, uh, the state's attorney, and the state's attorney goes, "I recommend one year in prison." I recommend that he has to pay for all the damages that, that he's done and 300 hours of community service, right? The judge interrupts him, okay? After everything I just told you, the judge interrupts him and goes, excuse me, Mr. State's Attorney, Mr. Keith has done enough service for his country. And I'm sitting there going... <laughs> See, so many of us veterans have complained through the years about, like, you know, there's not really... Like, people are trying to make an effort to hire veterans for jobs right. and stuff like that. But it's like, I don't know very many vets that have, like, been, you know, not that everybody's looking for handouts and rewards, that, that, that have gotten that ultimate thank you for your service, an opportunity, right? Well, shit. <laughs> I was like, man, uh, those three years I did in the Army just paid off in one fell swoop. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> you lucky fucker. Yeah, so if uh, for, for all of you out there that wanted us to... To bash Brana, Brana ain't got shit on Kenny DUI. <laughs> he still got the hand speed though. <laughs> he, he do, even when he's sleeping. <laughs> even when he's sleeping. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was just uh, oh wow, reminiscing. You know, I'll save my DUI story for a later time. <laughs> Pretty, who knows how long this thing's gonna last? It's pretty, it's pretty similar <laughs> and a little worse at the end. Just, dude, nobody will know if you just make up a little bit of it. Right. No, mine is 100% true. It was uh, it was something else. But that was a long time ago, a different lifetime ago. When I got bailed out of jail, what did I do? I walked into my apartment, and my roommate and one of our buddies were sitting there crushing beer and playing like Tiger Woods on Xbox. And jumped I right in. Jumped right in. <laughs> the drinking didn't stop until another decade later. No, no. You know? Um, lessons yeah. learned lessons learned but apparently a b is not learning his lessons no it's almost like he's now settled into his role as a boxing's resident clown but it's working out for him. he's gonna i guarantee you a b will get a big fight he's just gonna end up being the guy who puts the guys over honestly i mean his 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 run in boxing is not over yet it's a train wreck I'm I'm here for it. Everybody's here for it. I for Christ's sake, didn't the guy have his eighth kid today? This morning? Uh, or think, late last night? Yeah, I think late last night he had his eighth child. How old is he to have eight kids? If he's thirty, I I don't he I don't even think he's hit thirty yet. My man is putting in work. Who was slinging D, son? <laughs> slinging D. Um Is 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 he going after Crow Marty's record? Was it Cromarty? Remember that when Cromarty was on like the Showtime show and they asked him about all of his kids' names, he couldn't even fucking remember. He could not remember. How many kids did he have? I think he had nine. Holyfield's got eight or so himself. How many different women do you think AB's kids are from? A lot. Oh, it's got to be at least. I think it's. I think the over unders at, at three and a half. He's getting it in. He is, I, dude. I fucking love the guy, and I'm not la- like I don't love him because I love laughing. I just think, as a character in the sport, he's fucking awesome, dude. I will say this though, um, for all of the of the memorable moments, I do have one criticism from AB in all of this, just one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so don't beat me up too bad for saying this, folks. Okay, 
But AB's pullout game is weak. Weak sauce. It, it is weak sauce. Weak. You need to work on that. All right? <laughs> I mean, I get it. I get it. You don't want to wear a Jimmy hat. You know what I mean? You want the feeling. You know? You don't want that thing smothered. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, dude. I'm not one to speak, in, speak on pulling out much these days, but... uh. <laughs> I'm kind of more this. I'm kind of more in the uh, toilet paper and lotion period of my life right now. <laughs> you don't need to pull out your the, no chap- t- the chapter of my life. It's this is the TP and TP and lotion chapter. What happens if you run out of toilet paper? You're gonna have to use you the rolls. Do, you just do like uh, Rogan does in his stand up, but you just alligator roll in the sheets and just go to sleep. <laughs> oh, you don't have to have pull out game when you're when you're using a sock. No, you don't. <laughs> you do not. <laughs> oh man, A B. A B. So should we get to some listener questions? Yeah, let's do that, Ken. I did not take the time to write down who the questions are from. It was uh at boxing noise. At boxing noise, but he gave us a whole list here. So let's get back to some seriousness, okay? Oh yeah, sure. We'll get real serious here for a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. But seriously, um, what is the best fight you have ever seen live? I'm going to take this down a different road, Ken. I'm going to tell you a little story. We're right? going to backdoor it. A little story time here. My, 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 the best fight I've ever fucking been to, all right? And it involves a story with Ray Mercer. And I've told it on the show <laughs> before, but it's been, a, it's been a while. It's an oldie but a goodie. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it from start to finish. This is a day in the life of Vince Cummings, November 7th, 2009, all right? So I, I, me and my buddy, I'm a big fight fan. My buddy's a UFC mark and a Fedor mark. He turns me into a Fedor mark. So he's coming to Chicago. We're like, fuck it. Book the plane ticket. Uh, book the hotel, get the tickets, we're good to go. We get to the airport. We we were fucking high as shit when we get to the airport, right? And we're we're sitting in the security line, and I'm not even thinking about it until I realize, oh, shit. My buddy, in his fucking backpack, he's bringing a dugout, which is like a little wooden container that holds a little one-hitter for weed in it, right? For all you prudes out there. So what he did was he took the little one-hitter out and put it in with, like, the front pocket of his book bag with, like, pens and shit and then hid the dugout. I'm like, motherfucker, you are crazy. Fuck are you doing? I'm like, if you get busted, I'm going. Fuck you, all right? <laughs> so we're he's in front of me in the security line. And he goes, and I'm sitting there watching him. And, dude, I'm, have, like, I'm having a panic attack because I think my boy's going to get busted, and then I'm high as shit. Yeah. So I'm like, they're going to see I'm high. We're together. I'm going to get fucking busted too. Right. So I go up. He's, he's in the middle of his process, and, I, and as I'm getting checked, he gets through. I'm like, holy fuck, he got through. We're fucking golden. I'm through, wheels up. We get there. We check into the hotel. We're fucking cranking little dicky. We we go in the bathroom. You know, when you smoke weed in the hotel rooms, this is how you do it, folks. You turn the shower on super hot, turn the fan on, let it steam up, and just go in there and smoke away. So we start smoking, and it's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Look out the window, and across the parking lot is a Chili's. And we're like, fuck you. Perfect. Baby back ribs. About to get these baby back ribs on, son. So we go over there, and we walk into the bar area, and we're sitting at the high top, right? And I don't notice it when I walk in because I'm high and I'm probably just like, hey, beeline to my table, get what I want. Let's fucking, you know, keep it straight. We sit down. I probably ordered a Long Island iced tea because that's where the days of uh, of degenerate drinking, right? Mm-hmm. So we're sitting there and my boy goes, hey, man. He's like, I think that's fucking Ray Mercer over there. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I got my back to him. 
So I turn around, like try to be discreet and, you know, not look high, not like I'm checking it out. And then I turn around, I look, and I'm like, holy shit, that is fucking Ray Mercer. Long story short, he fucking, he, so he's like, he sees us. He, my boy's got a Fedor shirt on. He starts hollering like, hey, you guys going to the fight tonight? And we start talking. I'm a boxing guy. He's an MMA guy. Ray Mercer's fresh off his one-punch knockout of Tim Sylvia, right, when he when he had his little dalliance in, in, in MMA. We start talking. We shoot the shit for like five, ten minutes. And I'm like, dude, this is fucking awesome. We're talking to Ray Mercer. I, I couldn't ask for anything cooler. So he's like, hey, you going to the fight? Where are you guys sitting? We're like, we're on the floor. He's like, all right, when I get there, he's like, you know, I'll holler at you. And we're like, yeah, okay, whatever. But, you know, sure you sure you will, Nice Ray. to meet you, Ray. <laughs> right. So we go back to the hotel, go to the fight. We're sitting there, and you see all this commotion coming. We look down, and coming across the aisles, here's here's Ray. So we stand up, and we're like, we think we're the shit, right? We're like, he said holler at him. So we're like, hey, Ray, what's up, Ray, what's up? And he goes, oh, shit, what's up, guys? And he calls us out, and we're like, yeah, motherfuckers. We with Ray. Back the fuck up. <laughs> so we go holler at him. He's like, hey, after this fight, meet me back at the bar back here for a drink. So we're like, fuck yeah. This is fucking unbelievable. Why does this guy want to hang out with us? So we go sit down after the fight. We go back to the bar. We meet him back there. And this is where it takes a little turn. Ray finds out that we got some weed. <laughs> and Ray's fucking eyes, they fucking light up, dude. He's like, oh. We're smoking after this. He's like, after these fights, you all meet me right back here. He's like, I'm trying to smoke. So we're like, fuck, yes, this is fucking awesome. Fights end. Fedor wins by knockout. Fights were good. We go back there, and sure enough, Ray's there. And at this point in time, Ray is lit. Ray is fucking lit up, wasted. I mean, drunk as fuck. So we're like, oh, shit, here we go. We're walking out the arena, right? Or actually, we're walking into the back, and Ray catches Andre Arlovsky back there. And if anybody who doesn't know, Arlovsky was a like a heavyweight contender. He had been a champ in other UFC and all that shit. And Ray wants to talk some shit, boy. And we're right. I mean, I'm fucking right in the middle of it. Ray's mouth, fuck you, motherfucker. I'll fuck you up. And I'm like, oh, shit. It's about to fucking go down, son. Security comes rushing in. Ray put hands on him, but it wasn't much. And they pull Ray back. And I'm standing right next to Arlovsky, and I shit you not, dude. I have never in my life, like, felt the anger coming off of him. Like, th- I, this dude was ready to bust out of his fucking dress shirt. And, I, and I'm my dumbass, drunk as fuck, I'm like, ah, don't worry about it, champ. And I pat him on his chest, and he looks at me like, don't touch me, motherfucker. I'm like, all right. Well, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and go back over there with Ray. <laughs> And my boy, so I walk away from that, right? And we walk out the arena. Next thing you know, here we go. We're just walking around the arena, passing the one-hitter around. Pack it once, Ray hits it. Pack it twice, Ray hits it. Pack it three times, Ray hits it again. Now, at this point, I'm like, I'm trying to smoke too, motherfucker. (laughs) It's like that scene and. (laughs) <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm about to say something about this. Like, you going to pass that shit? It's like snooping half-baked. <laughs> right. So I'm like, all right. I'm thinking to myself, should I say something? Probably not. This is Ray Mercer. This is a motherfucker that, like, physically gave Tommy Morrison AIDS on the ropes. <laughs> <laughs> like, a right hand packed with fucking HIV. I'm not trying to fuck with that. So I just keep my mouth shut. Finally, I, I get my hit, and we keep walking around. And there's cops everywhere. And there's, like, I don't know. If, I can't remember if there was, like, what the fucking commotion was out, outside the arena. And the next thing you know, we're, we're taking a, all through, like my boy, Ray Mercer, and me, we're standing behind like a sign of an office building taking a piss. 
and I'm standing there right next to Ray, and I feel his fucking piss, like, splashing and hitting my leg. I'm like, man, that's Ray Mercer's piss hitting my leg, motherfucker. Shit. I might get some superpowers from this motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> instead of moving, right? So next thing you know, like, there's this, I can't remember what the fucking commotion was. And his trainer, like, dude, during this walk, he's like, we're talking shit. Ray's like, I'm going to put you two motherfuckers in my corner next fight. We are, we think we're the coolest motherfuckers in the world. I'm 28 years old. Right. All this commotion happens. Next thing you know, pulling up in the parking lot is his manager who was at uh, Chili's with him earlier. Uh. He's like, hey, Ray, come on, get in the car. We got to go. We got to go. Pulls up in a Prius. I'm like, this little motherfucker in a Prius? Ray Ray can't fit no Prius. <laughs> so we walk over to the car with Ray. And this is it's kind of anticlimactic ending here, but... I look in the, or I, I lean into the window and I'm like, why don't you put Ray back in 10 ounce gloves, man? Fuck that MMA shit. He can knock motherfuckers out. And we just kind of walk away. But it was just the most surreal, like that backstage almost fighting, shit talking with Arlovsky, smoking weed. With, I was just like, dude, this is the baddest fucking night of my life at that point in time. I fucking loved Ray Mercer growing up. So, dude, that was, it was unbelievable. Well, let me ask you this. So, if that would have went down with Orlovsky. Were you were you ready to throw down with your boy Ray? I kick a kneecap, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? You'd be the guy coming from behind with the beer bottle. Yeah, that's me. I I, I can't believe. Like as soon as I patted Arlovsky on his chest, I was like, "That is quite possibly the most retarded thing you've ever done." That's the closest I have ever been to death. Oh, it was awesome though, dude. What a fucking night. No, that's an awesome story. Well, I don't really have a story like that for yeah. a fight that I've been to, Vin. Well, oh, come on, you, you met Kodo. I did meet Kodo. That is a story. Yes. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Thanks for bringing up the story for me. Well, you met him too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Vin and I went to uh, uh, New York City for the Miguel Cotto versus Sergio Martinez fight. Um, and at the time, Vin was a huge Sergio Martinez fan. It, it was a borderline gay relationship at that point. Well, I mean, you know, much in the same way that A Rod wears lip gloss, Sergio does as well. Yeah. Um, and apparently A-Rod also wears his wife's dresses. Um, but back to the fight. Um, and we and look, we know that Kodo's worn pink. I don't know why this story's going down that road. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, we get up there early, and, um, you know, we walked around the city. And I'm going to tell you right now, man, like, like we started walking. And I, I need to let you folks know something. I was in a frame of mind at that time in my life. I had literally just had three hip surgeries in about ten months. And I was so jacked up on painkillers when we went on this trip. And you wanted to sightsee like a motherfucker. I could barely walk. Like, my hip was so bad. I hadn't walked further than from the car to the train. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, that was like the furthest distance I had walked in, I don't know, about a year and a half. We had, we had literally just started the boxing podcast. We were going to record our second episode at the hotel. We stayed across the street at the New Yorker. And, um, you know, we had our little $80 USB microphones and, you know, we were like two little retarded kids. Like, you know, like that is the worst episode ever. It, it is. And it doesn't exist anymore, thank, folks. Thank God. Maybe one day, um, you know, when we're doing our, our, uh, you know, our induction speeches at the boxing <laughs> hall of fame, Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, at least the Nevada state boxing hall of fame and, and Bob's up on stage and he goes, I hereby induct. Vin and Ken in the boxing rant into my sack. 
permanently welcome to my sack. I boys. finally saw somebody in the YouTube comment says that sounds like Mayor Quimby. <laughs> <laughs> so does Bob Bennett. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, uh, anyways, where was I at in my story? Okay. Yes. So uh, maybe one day you'll be able to uh, hear that episode. But yeah. So, anyways, I am so doped up on painkillers, and I go on a dead sprint. So we get like from the New Yorker. We start heading towards Times Square. Why? Because we're two idiots that are not from New York City, mm-hmm. right? So we start running towards um, the, the epicenter of fucking chaos, and we get probably 10, 11 blocks away from the hotel, and I look at Vin and say, oh, I forgot my phone. Oh, Jesus Christ, I forgot all about that. <laughs> and we turned around and walked all the way back to the hotel to get my phone. Then we turned around and walked all the way back. Uh, don't mention that's a, you stopped and took about twenty eight hundred pictures on the way too. I did. Uh, I was that guy, um, but I didn't know any better at the time. So we, are, we were like, eh, let's go to the Empire State's bu- State Building. I was like, Vin, you ever been to the top of the Empire State Building? Yes, Ken, I have. So we get to the ticket counter. Now there's an option where you can bypass all the crowds. Just got to pay a couple extra dollars. <laughs> we didn't do it. Yeah, we were. Uh, you know, we were well, in, the full experience. Yeah, the full experience. We get stuck behind families and ruin our day, dude. We got stuck, literally behind like two or three hundred people, like near the top of the Empire State oh, Building. My God. And then once we finally made it outside, I mean, dude, it was shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. You had to wait for people to move away to be able to get like up to the fence so you could see anything. It's the last place in the world I ever want to be. Yeah, and me too. <laughs> it was the worst decision. Well, it's up there with the worst decisions of yeah, all time. Right. But I'm just letting the oxy just lead me. And and Vin is <laughs> Is, is, I'm just fucking tagging along <laughs> like a retard. <laughs> so, uh, Where you want to go next, Ken? <laughs> I don't know if anybody's actually went to the bottom of the Empire State Building through the stairwell. Right. But we did. <laughs> now, I'm not a tall guy, so I mean, I, I'm, I imagine everybody back in the 1930s, um, you know, the average height was probably, I was probably a tall guy back in the 30s, right? right? But Vince is about six foot two, and um, we literally, it was the most cramped, uh paranoid quarters. Wasn't the elevator down, too? Yeah, the elevator was That's why we took the stairs, and it was packed. At least it kept moving. Right. Like, we didn't get, like, stuck going down the Empire State Building. Fucking in the hot. Yeah. yeah. So when we get outside, only thing we want to do is fucking eat. Yeah. And we, there was no more walking. No. No more walking. Cab. Cab. So we took a cab to Bar American, uh, Bobby Flay's restaurant. And uh, we get inside, and we sit down. And this was actually the best decision we made that day. It was. Um, I had shrimp and grits. What did you have? I had uh, biscuits and gravy for lunch. Ooh, biscuits <laughs> and gravy and shrimp and grits. Uh, you know, two uh, you know people in New York would call us Southerners, eating some Southern style, right? Uh, and it was absolutely fucking delicious. One of the best meals I've had. And as we're leaving, so at the host stand at Bar American, there's this big partition, and there's these like you know it's like an art piece, and there's these these holes that are cut into it. So as we're walking out, we stop, and, and Vin like taps me on the shoulder and goes, hey, that's Miguel Cotto. And it's probably, what, like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Yeah. And so dude, we're, we're literally like eight hours away from the main event. Yep. Okay? And I look through, the, I look through one of the holes. And, solo, by the way. Solo, yeah. By himself. And he stands up. Like, as soon as Vince says that, he stands up. It was like as, as if Vince was like, hey, Miggy. And he, <laughs> he stands up and he turns and he looks right at us. 
And I was like, holy shit, that is Miguel Cotto. He comes walking around the partition right for us. I dig in my pocket, pull you, out my phone. You were quick draw McGraw on that phone. I was. And I walked right up to him. I said, hey, can I get a picture? And you know, in Miguel Cotto style, Cotto, Miguel Cotto does what Miguel Cotto does, right? <laughs> my motherfucker leans in. Oh, like, yeah. Like he was about to give me a big old smooch. <laughs> he did. He would, you you were towering over him too, and we he nestled right up next to me. <laughs> it was so cute. And Vin snaps a picture of me and Cotto face to face, and in that moment, right, he goes, "All right, see you later." We're like, "Good luck, champ!" Right, and he walks out the door. In that, and you know, in that moment, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, "I'm like, okay, so there's fucking 12 million people live in this city, right? Like, actually live there, and and, and by the looks of Times Square and the Empire State Building that day." Who knows how many more million dumbasses were walking around like us. Right. So we're not even close to Madison Square Garden. We're like 25 blocks from the arena. So in a city that big, on the day that we go to New York City to go see Miguel Cotto, had we not made the dumbass decision. Had you not forgot your phone. Had I not forgot my phone. Everything that played out that day led us to an encounter with Miguel Cotto. And the two of us, idiots, didn't stop for one second to, to realize that it was written. Miguel Cotto was a 3-1 to one underdog in that Ugh. fight. We should have stopped, logged into our gambling accounts, and emptied every last penny that we saved from taking the direct elevator at the Empire State Building and put it on Cotto by knockout. I still think about it to this day. Like, fate was just kicking you in the dick, and you weren't paying attention, were you? Nope. Nope. Not at all. I was, I was too much of a Sergio Mark, though. Oh, you, yeah. You know how, I, like, after that fight ended, you were leaving the arena. You're like, you want to go? Uh, you weren't even drinking then either. He's like, you want to go get a beer or something? I'm like, no. No, let's just get something to eat. Yeah, that was the first time I'm gonna I ever. I'm going to eat my feelings and then go home. It's the one and only time that I saw Vin cry. I, there, there weren't any tears. He was air crying, but he was <laughs> but he was crying. Oh, was, I was a miserable fucking mess. Vin was walking down the street back to the hotel with his... His signature Sergio lip gloss, <laughs> just like putting it on his lips, like with his head down, all sad, just being like Sergio. Why, Sergio? Por qué, Sergio? Por qué? <laughs> Mi corazón is broken. Motherfucker <laughs> was on a peg leg in that fight. He was. We were. Uh, that that just goes to show you how much we really knew. We should have known Sergio was going to fucking get his ass kicked. Oh, it was written. Yeah. I mean, dude, every sign in the world. I mean, I know there's some big time, you know, gamblers out there that listen to this show. I mean, that is definitely one of the most. But, dude, we were just so, it was such a cool, like, everything was cool. And, 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 and I'll tell you this, like, people, like, I've been to a lot of sporting events in my lifetime. And I know I've said this on, on my, uh, you, know, you know, on the show in, in, in previous episodes. Really, really cool sporting events. Like, yeah. I was there when Cal Ripken broke Lou Gehrig's streak. I was in the stadium for that, and that how loud that standing ovation was and how long that, state, uh, that standing ovation was. Dude, I've been to pivotal, you know, Redskins-Cowboys games when, when playoff spots are on the line. You, you know remember that game when it was fucking, like... 10 degrees with 30 mile an hour wind. And we sat in the upper deck. Holy shit. Yeah, it was dude. week 17, Redskins, Cowboys, and the winner went to the playoffs. It yep. was RG3's rookie year. Yes, it was. Dude, that was fucking loud. But I'll tell you right now, one of the most memorable crowds um, ever was getting to see a Miguel Cotto fight at Madison Square Garden. That was uh, seriously. Oh, that first knockdown? Dude, that was one of the loudest eruptions of a crowd I have ever heard. Rabid 
pandemonium. Oh my god, the Puerto Ricans were going in fucking sane. Yeah, and there was a I, look. I got to give the uh, I don't know how you uh, you know the proper pronunciation of this the the Argentines, the Argentinians. <laughs> yeah, um, they were in force. They had some flags. Uh huh. Yeah, but you really got to see how many Puerto Ricans were in that crowd. Like, like hold on a second. Like, I was in the arena for. Uh, when Canelo Alvarez knocked out Sergey Kovalev, okay? And that, see, the Cotto thing happened at the beginning of the fight. Right. Like, it happened right away. And I, and I think that lack of expectation for that happening, like, so quickly, it yep. shocked the shit out of everybody. Oh, it definitely did. But in the Cotto, I mean, I, I'm sorry, in the Canelo-Kovalev fight, oh my gosh, you could hear fucking crickets. You could literally hear Kovalev hitting Canelo in the face with that soft ass jab that he was hitting him with, right. all the way. I mean, dude, I was surrounded by Mexicans. That crowd was ninety eight percent Canelo fans, mm-hmm. and they were dead quiet. Guys sitting behind me going, "Who won that round? Who won?" That? He, he he saw the. Uh, we all had press passes on. He's like, "Who won that round? Who won that round?" And it was just somber. But as soon as fucking Canelo lit up Kovalev, that place erupted. And I'm telling you, when Cotto dropped Sergio. That crowd was oh. way more electric. That, yeah, that's that's the most electric crowd I've seen for for an, any fight that I've been to by far. That was a sellout. So there was yeah. you know eighteen thousand at that fight. Yep, yep. We, we were at the Garden for Lomachenko versus Linares, and that crowd was really hyped too. That, that crowd was hyped. It was a smaller crowd, but it was hype. That's one of the better fights. I think the I think you would probably agree. Provodnikov Matisse was probably that's the best live fight. The I've most ever seen. exciting live yeah. fight. Yeah. Um, I was at Sergio uh, Martinez Paul Williams too for that Ooh, knockout. How was that? So I mean, I fucking. Here's the thing. At that point in time, boxing was kind of dying in Atlantic City, so there might have been seven, eight thousand people there. So the crowd wasn't hype, but that knockout, boy. I mean, that's the knockout of the decade, probably. Oh, without a doubt. And if it isn't, it's in the top three or four. <clears throat> and that place just. I mean, it, it was fucking. Everybody was just absolutely fucking amazed at what had happened. I'm trying to think of any other really big. I mean, I could tell you the worst fight I've ever fucking been to. Uh, let me guess. You can go ahead. Andre Ward versus Carl Froch. Oh fuck no. Oh <laughs> no, that actually that fight's up there. Not because the fight was great, but because that was back in the day when you know I'd go to these fucking events. Like I was a dude that would go to Redskins games and I'd put on the opposing team's jersey. Like I I wore a Vic Falcons jersey. I wore a Randy Moss Raiders jersey just to antagonize people, just to be a little dickhead. That fight was the same way. Froch. Ward, the British fans are out in force, and we got like a group of British guys in front of us, like four or five rows in front of us. They got their flag on. They're fucking being loud as shit. I'm getting annoyed. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to start getting mouthy. So I just start yelling down there, hey, fuck you. You're welcome for WW2, you fucking pussies. <laughs> I'm just so ignorant. Dude, it's the fuck. Like, I think about it, I'm like, what a fucking jackass. But hey, that's what it was back then. <laughs> They're fucking getting heated. I keep yelling back and forth at them. But because of that atmosphere and the British fans being there, that wasn't a bad fight. I mean, the fight itself wasn't that great. But dude, Hopkins, Dawson, one. Oh, my, what a fucking. It was like the probably the third or fourth fight I'd ever been to live, and I was like, yeah, maybe it's time to stop going to fights. <laughs> this was kind of boring. <laughs> it was terrible, dude. Absolutely fucking horrible. But, uh, yeah. That, well, I, you have seen Rigo live now. Yeah, that was bad, too. 
They gonna dock your pay, Rigo. They gonna dock your pay, Rigo. They gonna dock your pay. <laughs> that's the most recent fight we've been to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's good shit, man. All right, let's keep going on this list, but and then we can get out of here. Um, <clears throat> who is your favorite fighter in the fight game today? You know, I was thinking about this, and I don't really fucking have one because my my love affair with Keith Thurman has come to an end. It's over. It's over. It's over, baby. But, dude, he showed the scar. He really had surgery. You know, there's only so much you can defend, Ken. That could have been a fluting injury <laughs> when he was whittling his flute. His reed was, uh, he shanked himself with his <laughs> own reed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a, right now, it's hard, dude, because I don't really get hype for certain, like, I don't really have a favorite fighter anymore, which is weird. But if I had to pick one, I'd say... Either Josh Taylor or Terrence Crawford. Those are those are my favorite fighters to watch right now. Hmm. Yeah. Um. I don't know, man. It's I t- figured I had you pinned. Pinned for who? Pac. Still Pac. Yeah, I still do get hyped up for a Pacquiao fight, man. Pacquiao is definitely my favorite fighter of the last, um, well, I guess he's been fighting for 50 years now. <laughs> Um, so, you know, yeah, I mean, Pacquiao, it's, it, I still, I still get the warm and fuzzies every time he fights. There's no doubt about it, but, um, I don't know, man. I like, I like Josh Taylor. I think he's exciting. I, I, I want to see a lot more from him. Right. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I'm a big Lomachenko guy, big Terrence Crawford guy. If I just had, yeah, I, I would just say Pacquiao. I mean, he's my favorite fighter. Right. Um, I like watching other guys. You it know? would have been Frotch before. That was your man. <laughs> Don't get me started on Frotch. <laughs> I broke up with Frotch. My love affair ended with him when he got his nose job. <laughs> Trying to impress Rachel. And what is this? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. She's nothing. Yeah, right. <laughs> didn't you meet her at the... Or what meet her? <laughs> no, I didn't meet her. That would have been a problem. I'm going to go home and change. <laughs> you walked past her, though. <laughs> I remember her approaching from the smoking balcony at Boardwalk Hall, and I didn't really know who she was at that point in time. Uh-huh. And he, the the whole Frotch team is coming down the boardwalk, and she's like in the middle. And I'm like, I go to my boy, and I'm like, dude, who in the fuck is that? Holy shit, she's a fucking dime. And as they get closer, I'm like, oh shit, that's Frotch's wife, dude. I'm t- that that woman is stunning. That was eleven years ago, probably. Yeah, yeah, ish. Yeah, right. I saw Carl Frotch fight, fight Glenn Johnson in the small room oh. at that boardwalk hall. Dude, I mean, who's the bigger Frotch fan? How many <laughs> how many Frotch fights you've been to? I've <laughs> been to two. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, you know, I would say probably since we've been doing this show, I would say probably Pacquiao and Frotch. Yeah. I always like the lunch pail guy, you know what I mean? The oh, guy, absolutely. The guy that didn't. He definitely wasn't the most skillful fighter, but probably had bigger balls than any of them. I used to hate Frotch back then, boy. I used to be like, God, this guy has no fucking skills. Why can't anybody beat him? Man, but that, that fucking right hand and that oh, and that chin, man. That, that chin and that right hand, that's all you need. Yeah. The Jermaine Taylor fight always sticks out to me. The um, uh, oh, the, the Jean Pascal oh, fight was, yeah. that was fucking brutal. That's one. Hey, you, you want one to watch tonight? Go, go throw that one on. Yeah, Frotch Pascal is a great fight. Um, great fight from dude or um uh what's his name the Kessler fuck? Kessler yeah dude the first two Kessler the first Kessler fight Kessler Calzaghi's a great fight there's dude yeah we can, we can go down that road for a while dude that whole generation of the of the of 168 pounders man the it, super six generation it was a nice little three four year run for that division yeah some great fighters there man for sure um what would your entrance music be if you were a 
fighter slash wrestler slash MMA star, if you were entering the ring of combat? <laughs> Number one for me has got to be Hell's Bells, ACDC. Okay. And I know that's probably, that's not like out of the box thinking or anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if anybody's used I'm sure it's been used before. But if I can't use that, I got to go with the Last of the Mohicans uh, theme song. What's, what's it called? Promontory? Promontory, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what I'm going with. That gets me amped up, son. Oh, gets them amped up. Um, yeah, for me, like, it depends. So if we're going, like, like I, I don't know. I, I've, I've always had an affinity for WWE, you know, entrance music, right? <laughs> right. Um, I would say my entrance music would probably be the Million Dollar Man's entrance music. I thought you were going to say Shawn Michaels. No, no. No, isn't that, uh, what's his name comes down to that, right? Um, I think I'm sexy. Flair. Blair the Flair. Does he? Yeah. yeah. I think he picks a different one every time. But that's what he walked down for his last fight. No, the million dollars. Money, 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 money. <laughs> Everybody's got a price. <laughs> I love that, man. Virgil in his fucking candy cane suit, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. with the million dollar belt. Oh. Ted DiBiase with his fucking feathered mullet. Probably one of the most slept on bad guys in WWE slash F history. The king of Survivor Series. Oh, yeah. Fucking Million Dollar Man was the king of Survivor Series. Um, if it, or if it was a, a real song, I don't know, man. Probably just fucking, I'd probably just do Bulls on Parade and Ultimate Warrior it to the ring. Just yeah. sprint. Yeah, you, know? you can't go wrong with any Rage song, actually. I'm, I'm surprised I didn't pick a Rage song. Yeah, and then, you know, after I got knocked out, I would I would blame it on the sprint to the ring. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do much. I didn't I do many wind sprints in my uh, training. I didn't have a strength and conditioning coach to get me ready. <laughs> well, then what did you do to get ready? I watched old Ultimate Warrior clips. <laughs> Dude, I think it was, what WrestleMania was it when he fought Hogan? It was either in the Silver Dome or the or the Sky Dome. It was in one of those massive fucking domes. Yeah. And he sprinted to the ring, and the fucking locker room was like, could not have been further away oh, from it the had, ring. It was a 100-yard dash. You Easy. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> and he never slowed down. He did not. Boy, when you're on that meth, you can do <laughs> Meth and Winstraw mix. That's a cocktail right there. Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't know if Winstraw is one of the ones that gets you hyped, but... Sure, he was taking some Sudafed too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. Okay. I think that's it. I yeah. mean, we've already told drunk stories, right? And we got some more. We don't want to use them all up. This no. is a, got a few episodes to come here in this uh, lockdown. We do, and uh, you know, hopefully, you guys didn't get too turned off of the fact that this wasn't a complete boxing show. But this is a time that we enter in, and um, the you know the Vin and, and Ken Comedy Hour is just starting off. We apologize for the first 10 minutes of the show, um, you know, as we were gaining our footing. Look, this is the truth, okay? I've heard this feedback from a lot of people that listen to our show. One thing, obviously they like that you and I have known each other for a long time and we can just carry a conversation. Right. But the thing that I, like the most positive feedback that I consistently hear about the show is that our boxing podcast is, is a sprint, right? Yeah. Like from... The opening song to the "What Up, What Up" fight fans, all the way to your list. Uh, thanks for listening to the boxing rant. There's no boring, slow, no. monotonous hmm. breakdowns. Well, let me ponder that conversation, then. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it is. It's a sprint. So, yep. you know, we apologize for any gaps in the in the continuity of the boxing rant, but um, you know. Stand-up comedy is a new thing for us. Yeah, we're working on it, man. Yeah. Bits and bits and bits here, buddy. Bits for days. Oh, man. Uh, last night I, I woke up in the middle of the night, and uh, 
I just was like, I need something to watch so I can fall asleep. I need. I just wanted to watch something funny, and I stumbled against this. I can't remember what this guy's name is. This fucking black dude. He clearly lives in the South. It's like, like his name's Shaq or something. He's got a pretty big following. It's got some like, oh, no life Shaq is his, is his handle, and he just like sits in his fucking room and watches videos. Right. So he says that he wants <laughs> that that somebody told him he should watch Bill Burr. And, oh, right. So he puts on the bit that Bill Burr does when he talks about having black friends and how they all have new clothes. <laughs> right. And every how, time they go out. Yeah. Every time they go out, they got new clothes on, and he thinks he's got his iron shirt. And he talks about when he starts dating. Is he married to her now? Yeah, yeah, he's married, yeah. But he, he starts uh, dating a black chick, and he has to go to Harlem. <laughs> yeah, he makes it past 150th Street. <laughs> and he does the anxiety bit. Yeah. Or no, asthma. Yeah. <laughs> he gives him asthma. Dude, this guy was cracking up, man. It was so funny. Oh, yeah, you want to be entertained, you go ahead, go back and watch anything Bill Burr has ever done. And that is, besides Dave Chappelle in the in the world of comedy, Bill Burr is number two, firmly placed at number two. <laughs> Dude, it is uh, it is good shit. This epidemic on gold digging whores is fucking outrageous. It's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, we aspire to be so raw, to yeah, raw dog it. We can't. We'll never approach those levels, but we try. Yeah, we're uh, working on it, Ken. Yeah, dude, we got some feedback. We were on uh, uh, on on YouTube with uh, uh, Montero on boxing. Yep, yep. Um, you can also uh, find uh, our conversation about heavyweight boxing on uh, on his podcast as well on the audio version. But we were on there for almost what, almost two hours, yeah, uh, the other day, and um, we got some feedback from from his listeners. <laughs> like, wow, that that Vin and Ken, <laughs> there's some foul mouths there, special bunch there. <laughs> Those guys say 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 a few curse words, shucks. I, t- I told you, I'm not smart. <laughs> My default is fuck, man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, hey, hey, man, you get what you get. Right. You know what I mean? You guys aren't fucking paying for this. So, no. So fuck off. Um, All right. Well, that'll do it, Vin. Let's get out of here, brother. All right. We'll be back next week with episode 267. We appreciate all of you tuning in uh, during this time of great panic. (laughs) Uh, um, So uh, if you are hunkered down and bunkered down um, in your, well, some people I would say that are on the right side of uh, right side leaning are in um you know bomb bunkers and you got your mre meals ready you got your mre meals ready you know your dugout and your sea container that you had buried in your backyard (laughs) and then all the lefties well they're in their safe spaces then right sitting in a nice beanbag so wedding a kitten petting a kitten a white kitten with a rainbow pillow (laughs) so whether you're in your bug out bunker or you're in your safe space with your coloring books um, be sure to tune into the boxing rant because we won't let you down. <laughs> we'll probably offend you along the way, but you know what? That's just life. That'll be okay. Um, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, uh, anywhere you can find a podcast. And please subscribe to the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on all social media platforms at the Boxing Rant and follow Vin and I on Twitter at Vince Cummings 81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. So until next week, we appreciate all of you tuning in to the Boxing Rant Podcast. Muchas gracias, everybody.